I want you to open up today in the book of Ephesians. I'm taking a little bit of a break on the book of Acts. I just felt led to talk to you about walking with the Lord and and now that the church service has started this way this morning, it is confirmation on what I want to talk to you about today. So I want you to open up in Ephesians chapter 5. During the last two weeks, I received a question from a lady uh, in South Africa, and she sent me a few questions. Uh, one of the questions is, is, how do we know the will of God? And how do we know to be holy? And how do we know to be sanctified? What does all of these words mean? And I've, uh, I've sent, an, uh, in fact, what I did, I sent two of the sermons that I've preached over the last six months, I sent those sermons on to her to listen to. But it came back to me in the last, you know, even last week when I preached, and before, and the Lord is still working on, uh, on the topic I want to talk to you today about, because I believe every child of God should know this. You should hear what I'm going to preach about today. Everybody. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. If you've got your own Bible here, I would highly recommend you open up there to make some notes in it. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. Walk in agape walk in love as Christ also have loved us and given himself for us the word they loved is in the past tense you see that loved can you see that Christ who loved us it points to a specific time and place who knows what that time and place is the ultimate sign of love. Which, which place is that? The cross of Christ. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet a smelling aroma. He gave himself for us. He was our offering. He was our sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not getting, but rather giving of thanks. He says, give thanks to God and let all of this filthy stuff not be even named amongst you as children of God. One of the biggest problems is that the spirit of the world has entered into the church. He says, for this you know, what Paul, that no fornicator, unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God and if you take this and publish it in the newspaper today you will be in serious trouble because it's not inclusive I'll leave it there verse 6 let no one deceive you with empty words. There's a lot of deceivement these days in the church with empty words. He said, let no one deceive you, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. There's only two kinds of sons in the world. The sons of disobedience and the sons of God. You've got a choice, a clear and present choice. You are either a son of disobedience whose father is Lucifer, the devil himself, who thinks so much about himself, it's all I, me, myself and I. Or you are a son of God whom father is, our God and father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Whom are you? I can't answer that question for you. Only you can. 
Do not deceive with empty words because of these things. The wrath of God. You do not want to sit under the wrath of God. This is why Jesus Christ went to the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, let your will be done. And he took the wrath of God of our sin upon himself. Comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now, what does that word mean, my brother? Sharp contrast, but now you are of the light in the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd much rather sit in the light than in darkness. Now listen to this. Walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit of the Spirit which you find in Galatians chapter 5.22 is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now I want you to focus on verse 10. Because I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Finding out. Everybody say finding out. Finding out what is the acceptable to the Lord. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness. Why? Because we walk in the light. But rather expose them. Now when you're going to expose them, you're going to get some serious headwinds coming your way. But still the Bible says expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. First of all he says it shouldn't even be named amongst you. Now he says it is even shameful for those things to talk about it which is done in secret. Verse 13, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Praise the Lord, this is not a sleeping church. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Who will give you light? Do you know that Christ? Have you seen the light? Are you walking in the light? He says, Christ is the light. Verse 15. See then. I love it when Paul is like this. See then that you walk circumspectly. That you walk circumspectly. Have you studied that word? Have you found out what it is to walk circumspectly? It means to walk carefully. To understand the consequences of your deeds. That's what it means. Understand today, dear brother and sister, sir, madam, friend, whatever you want to be called, understand today that sin has serious consequences. He says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. The Lord bless the public reading of His word. Father, even if I say no word from this point onwards, because I carefully tread further from here on, I thank you that your word has been read publicly in the ears of everybody who can hear me right now and even online. Father, your word will go out and it will return, not void, but it will accomplish what it's purpose for in this morning. I do want to thank you for that in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. I want to use this passage to talk to you today about understanding the will of God. A few Weeks ago, I preached just randomly, actually, on this uh, at the house 
meeting that we had at Fabian and Brenda's house. And that then from there on kept on going with me out of the scripture verse Romans chapter 12. But today I'm coming to you from the book of Ephesians. And even the people who's heard this before will tell you that it's not the same. Because the word of the Lord is always fresh bread. It's never old and moldy and hard. You don't have to toast it to get a better taste because it's moldy. No, no. It is fresh from the Lord. And today it will be out of His Word. But I want to talk to you about that. And, and sometimes, you know, if you're looking to the will of the Lord, it looks like this, isn't it? Sometimes it can be very confusing. The will of the Lord. What does the word Lord wants of me? What is the will of the Lord? Where? How? You know, sometimes you scratch your head and you go, Lord, but I thought it was the right way. And then it turns out not to be the right way. Is it only me or did it happen to you as well? You know, and it, and it comes. And here Paul comes to us directly and he says, you need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And the Bible has got so much to say about the will of the Lord. I mean... If you go and work for a company which I work off and I turn up there a freshie, you know what a freshie is, the first day on the job. And you walk in there and they say, look, you need to do a job for us. I need to understand what they want me to do first of all. Isn't that right? What is your will? How do you want me to do things? I just don't walk into a place and start, you know, pulling levers and, and hitting with hammers and I break stuff. No, no. You need to understand there's certain things you need to do. There's rules that you need to abide by. It's no different from the Lord. You see, so many people are saved. They come to the cross and they say, now I'm a Christian. Hoo-ha! And everybody's glad and I'm glad for you. Praise the Lord for every soul that come and are born again. But that's not where it stopped. How many times have you heard me in this church saying that? That's when your work starts actually. As a child of God. You need to grow now. You need to mature now. And how do you mature? By following the knowledge of Him. By following wisdom, the spirit of wisdom of Him. And the knowledge and the wisdom in the will of God will bring you closer to God's mind and you will grow step by step. This is what we need to do. You see, the Bible says so much about the will of God. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior. What is good and what is acceptable to God? Have you asked you that question? The answer is in the Bible. He says, who will have all men to be saved. There's one of the wills of God. Who will have all men to be saved. Are you saved today sitting in this place? I can't answer that question for you. The fact that you came to church and you say to me, but preacher, here I am. I'm sitting in church. I'm saved. No. You're not saved just because you're here today. You need to answer that question yourself. You need to call upon God. You need to pray. You need to hit your knees. And you need to say, Lord, I cry out unto you, look into my heart. If there's any darkness in this heart, if I've never come to the light, show it to me and save my soul. Make me a new man. It's called regeneration. Have you heard that word? I'm a new creation. So if you're a new creation, then you need to change the habits of the old into the new. Now listen carefully. I say you need to change that. But who's, who's changing it in you? It's him. But you have to listen and do. So the first will is of the Lord is. That all men should be saved. All men must be saved. And then he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. In what? In what? Can you say it louder? Does that mean when you are not happy? Does that mean when the boss is mad at you and have a go at you? Does that mean when you're frustrated? When you've lost something? He says in everything give thanks to the Lord. Not only when it's going well with you. No, no. When it's not going well with you, you know what you need to do? You need to start praising God. Say, Lord, thank you for this difficult time. Now, I know, I know it's going to be difficult to do that. I've done it a lot of my life. It's not easy to do that. You're going through a difficult time and you say, wow, I can't understand this. But praise God. Praise the Lord. 
And you know why you have to do that? It's not because the preachers say that. It's not because you try to show somebody you're a good person. It is because it is the will of God. He's looking at you. And, and let me just say, you know, nothing can happen with you if it doesn't carry His approval as a child of God. So you're in a circumstance. You're in a situation. You're in a place you don't want to be actually. You didn't, you know, you cho chose to be there and then when you got to that position and now you're in that place, now you don't like it. Why? Just because you don't like it. It's not because God didn't place you there. Maybe He placed you there to sort out why you didn't like it and to sort out your attitude. Are you with me now? Because there's, there's different attitudes running around here, but it is God's will that matters. It's His will. In everything, give thanks. Even if you're in a place you don't want to be, give thanks to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Maybe after I preach about the will of God for a few weeks, I'll preach about sanctification. Yeah? Is that okay? I was going to do it anyway if the Lord allows it. But do you know what sanctification means? Have you studied it? Now I ask you, have you studied and you say, do I really have to study one word sanctification? Well, if you want to understand the will of God, you need to understand what sanctification means. Come on, come on. You know, we, we're not just saved to sit here from Sunday to Sunday. We are saved to grow. You, you nodded your heads. You said, yes, I agree with that. Sanctification is from the Greek word hagios. Hagios is the same foundation of the word holy. And when Peter says, be holy for I am holy, that's the same group word. It's a different sermon, but I'm just giving you some guidance here, okay? But he says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification that you abstain from fornication. We'll get to that. What about 1 Peter chapter 2.15? For this is the will of God, that by doing good, everybody say doing good. Even if it's under the Andrew's government? Oops, I'm touching some places now. I know that. <laughs> We're not. I'm not going to start talking politics here, okay? <laughs> I can't vote in Australia yet. I see they say they may allow Kiwis now to vote here, okay? I, that's what they say. So I can't vote here, so I've got, I've got no personal interest in this. But he says there, he says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You put to silence the foolishness of... And in fact, if you put this in context, he was talking about governments and masters in this passage. I know we, we vote, but do you know that God implements governments? Do you know that God put evil governments over people who is a sinful nation? Do you know that? Go read your Bible. If a nation moves away from God, we can vote as much as we want to. I'm in for that. Democracy. Yeah, I'm in for that. Let's vote. Woo, let's get all these people. Let's get a candidate. He looks like a, a swell fella, you know. He looks like a good guy. Let's vote for him. Let's stalking him up. And then when he loses, we go, oh, we're not part of this. No, no, wait a minute. There's a bigger player in all of this. There's a sovereign God in all of this. And, and the people will get the leaders that they want. And if it's an evil generation, they will get an evil leader. That's how it's going to happen in God's way. Why? To punish the people. Oh, but Lord, we Christians, we are following you, we worship you, we praise you. Take us out of this, Lord. Put us on a small little island. Let's build a wall, Donald Trump's wall around it, and we'll be all the Christians in there. Is that how God intended it to be? No, because you and I is what you call light. Yes? The light of the Lord is where? In us. And where do that light need to go into? Into the darkness. Where do you send the light into? Come on. Into the darkness. Why don't oh, we? We've got these lights to make it a little bit more brighter for the cameras. But I can turn the lights off and we will still see each other. 
But you don't generally turn a light on when there is light, do you? So now we say, no, we want to go to the small little island. We're just going to be all kumbaya Christians together. And we're going to shine the light amongst each other. And you know what will happen? In that little kumbaya village, one guy will stand up and say, my light is shining brighter than your light. I bet you. No, no. The light is meant to go into darkness. This is why you and I are still, even if God brings over an evil government to punish the people, that's when the people will turn to the light. Amen. If you, turn up the vo- if you turn up the volume or the temperature, I should say, if you turn up the temperature, that's when they run. That's when all the cockroaches start running out when you bring the light. I haven't even started preaching yet. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And we are living in a society with foolish men. They are are just exposing themselves as free. Look at this. By doing good, you will put them to shame as free. Free as a bird. No, no, no. You are free in Christ. Free, yet not using liberty as a cloak or for vice but as bond servants of God. Hebrews, let me finish with this one here for this passage. He says, Hebrews 13, 20, I love this one. Concentrate on this. He says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. I love these repetitions about that. That great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, may he what? Listen. Make you complete. Everybody say complete. complete. Now, if you want to become complete as a Christian, as a child of God, you should listen now. Make you complete in every good work to do His will. It doesn't make you complete to be full of yourself. I mean, we've heard it. Not only out of my mouth this morning. We heard it out of your mouth, my sister. We heard it when my brother read the scripture for us. He says, he says it right there. Make you complete. Who? Who makes you complete? The God of peace makes you complete. He brought the Lord Jesus Christ. The great shepherd makes you complete uh, of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting, the blood makes you complete. In every good work to do His will. There's something in there which you need to understand. I'm going to repeat it one more time, okay? Just for those, if you've missed it, I'm going to repeat this again. It is the God of peace, it is the great shepherd, it is the blood of Christ that makes you complete in every good work to do His will. To do His will. Paul says to the church here in the book of Ephesus, is find out what is acceptable to the Lord and understand the will of the Lord. Have you, have you picked that up when I read through that passage? That is your and my task. That is your and my work. Remember when I said to you when you got saved, now the work starts? This is how it starts. This is where the tire hits the road. You are saved. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, we're going to celebrate with you. We're going to praise the Lord with you. But now the work starts. You can't just come every Sunday and sit here on a Sunday. You won't grow. Let me just tell you outright. Whether you like me, love me, love me, whatever you do, you can't just come here on a Sunday, listen to one sermon, go away and grow. You will not grow. No, no, you need to give opportunity for the God of peace, for the great shepherd and the blood of Christ to speak to you, to complete you in every work. You need to give opportunity. How does it work? And it's not this thing where you just go and sit on a chair and you go, now I'm going to be soaked by the Holy Spirit. Just excuse me for a minute, I'm being soaked. I'm not trying to make fun of this. But there's people with this foolish teaching out there. God is a practical God. He's practical. He won't ask you to do something if He doesn't give you the way to do it. Yeah? And He gives us a beautiful way here. You see, Paul says to this church, we need to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. 
It's not my task as the pastor to tell you what's acceptable. You know, too many times, too many times, brothers and sisters, there's too many groups and movements who go to a person and say, Oh, pastor, just give me a word from the Lord. A personal word from the Lord. Just, just a personal word. Lord. I need the Lord to speak to me. I need to... No, no. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, read your Bible, you lazy. I'm sorry, I'm just going to... No, I'm not sorry. I'm just going to say it as it is today, okay? No, no, you're just, you're just lazy because you're not trying to find out what is acceptable to God. Now you come to me and you want to take a shortcut. Now I'm not talking about people who's in trouble and they need counsel and so on. I'm more than happy to counsel. But when it comes to these matters, you need to sit down and you need to find out for yourself what is acceptable to the God. Not only that, you need to understand the will of God. It is for you to find it out. Now I'll preach it. I'll give you some guidance. You need to find it out. Am I too straight today? Let us stay there. You see, I mean to say that when we pray, you know, in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, you remember this? When some people say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you prayed that prayer? I've certainly prayed it in my time. I prayed it. So we pray, your will be done on earth. But if you don't even know the will of God, what are you praying for? And then if the Lord starts doing things in your life which you don't like, but He's going to put you through so that you learn about yourself, what's the first thing you do? You complain to the Lord about it. The Lord, why is this happening to me? Well, you said that my will be done. Isn't that what you said? Yes, Lord, I said that, but not this. But wait a minute, didn't you read? Didn't you read what the pastor said this Sunday? Didn't he say, in all things give thanks to the Lord? Yeah, I heard that, but it's not this. It is that. You see, we try to play God. You can't play God. This is serious stuff we're talking about here today. Your will be done on earth as it... And I've heard people preach this. You need to pray it like this. Your will be done in my life. Now, if you pray that prayer, nothing wrong to pray that prayer. You should pray that prayer. You should, really. But when you pray that prayer, be ready. Don't pray that prayer when you're not ready. Because if you pray that prayer, He is going to change your life according to His will. And you may not like it. And then you might come and say, Oh, this Christian walk is too tough for me. Have you heard that? I've heard it so many times. I've, I've had a man in New Zealand, a young, young man. Uh, he was in his early 20s. He called me up one day and he said, ha, Pastor, you know what? It is just too tough to serve the Lord and to follow Him. Just too tough. I go, what do you mean? He says, the pressure from my friends. They want to go out party and do all of these things. And now I'm feeling I can't go with them. It's so frustrated. I say, it's good that it's frustrating, isn't it? No, 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 I want the frustration to go away. I said, no, no, the frustration is the referee for you to know that you shouldn't go. But that's not what I signed up for. So, so what did you sign up for? The happy-go-lucky Jesus? There's nobody like that in the Bible. No, no, if you pray this, you need to be absolutely sure what you pray for. But you need to understand the will of God, and that's where the problem comes in. You see, there's a problem here that we've got. We've got God's will, and then we've got our own will. That's the problem. That's the battle. That is the serious battle that's going on. And then we are so arrogant to come to God and challenge His will with our will. No, no, Lord, this is how it's going to work, because I want it to be like this. You know how I know this? Some people pray and they say, Lord, Lord, if you just give me this job, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Have you heard those prayers? This is exactly that battle going on. You're coming and you challenge God's will. You say, if you give me this job, I will serve you for the rest of my life. But God don't want you in that job. It's not His will for you to be there. But you're pushing the envelope now. You, you remember when Jesus in Luke chapter 22 in Gethsemane he said to the Father, He says, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Even Jesus gives us a lesson here. Because the very next words that he's saying, nevertheless, 
Not my will. Remember when he was with us, he was with us like a man. You remember that? It's not as if he was a God walking on the earth. He was, the Bible says he took on the, the form of a bond servant. A bo- he, took on the, he took on the form of man. There's some people who try to preach that he was, you know, he was this holy God. No, no. He, he was, you know, he's tempted just like we were tempted. But then he says, not my will, but yours be done. That, that there should be your prayer every single morning when you wake up out of bed. That should be your prayer. Is it your prayer? Lord, today, not my will, but your will. Thursday morning, Lord, today, not my will, but your will. Saturday morning, Lord, not my will, but your will. But wait a minute, what did I warn you before? Do you know the will of God? And if you pray that prayer, be ready. Because there might be things happening to you in that day that you don't like, but it's in the will of God. Then we go back, he says, in all things, Glory unto the Lord. Yes? I mean, Paul had the same in Romans chapter 7, 15. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Hallelujah. You know, I went through the same thing and I thought, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm the worstest and the hopeless person on the earth until I read Paul, this great apostle of the Lord, he went through the same thing. And now I'm starting to understand the will of God. I hurry on. Let's quickly have a look back at our scripture verse today. You see, Paul calls us to action. Have you noticed that? Ephesians 4.1, the previous chapter. He says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Ephesians chapter 4.17, he says that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Uh, Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love. Ephesians 5, verse 8, walk as children of the light. Ephesians 5, 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. The word walk here is an action word. Have you noticed? It's an action word. You do something. The walk here is not just barely walk with your feet. Although it is that, it's not walk. You know, Lord, I'm going to walk circumspectly today. I'm going to see there's something in the road. I'm going to walk around it. Now I'm doing what the Bible is saying. That's not what it means here. Walk here means your lifestyle. But it's your actions in your lifestyle. And this is the whole chapter. In the first parts of the book of Ephesians, it gives us doctrine, and now it's practical. Okay? And he says that we need to walk all of these things. Now here comes the question. How do I then know how to walk? How do I know to walk? Where is the indications? Where is the guidelines? And this is where the will of the Lord comes in. Because twice in those passages, He says we need to understand what the will of God is. And then we need to understand what pleases God. We need to find out what is acceptable, and we do need to understand what the will of the Lord is. Now I'm going to give you just quickly an understanding of the will of God. Okay? I'm going to preach about this next week as well. We find the will of the God of, of the will of God in the Bible. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I love this verse. Because it explains everything for us what I'm talking about today. I'll give you a chance to open up in your Bible, those who have Bibles. See, the will of the Lord is in the Bible there for you to discover. It is there for you to discover. And it's there. The will for your life Wherever you need to live, where you need to go, what you need to do as a child, it's in the Bible. Deuteronomy 29, 29, he says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belongs to us and to our children forever, that we may do, everybody say do, all the words of this law. 
the secret things. I'm, I'm going I'm to sound very clever now, but it's only because I've, I've heard these words, okay? The secret things in Latin is Dios obscanditos. Does that sound clever? Okay, that's only Latin for it is obscure from us. Dios obscanditos. We can't see it. It only means it's secret. It means there's a veil. It means it's like this. The Dios obscanitos, the secret things of whom? Of God belongs to the Lord God. It is His, it's not yours. It is not your place and time to try to find out what it is. Because they are going to happen. And then he talks about the things which are revealed. The Latin word for that is Dios revelatos. Dios Godly revelation. Dios, godly revelatos. It means, now this is obscanditos, it's obscure, but once I start opening it up, don't worry, there's nothing in there, just a sound system, okay? I know we're in a funeral home, but, but once you start revealing that, that is revelatos, Dios revelatos. Now you can see there's a sound system behind it, but before this you didn't know, apart from the people who pack out. Okay, Dios obscanitos, you can't see what's behind it. Dios revelatos, you can see. Now this is so easy then for us. Because there is two kinds of wills of God in the Bible. There is one will that is called the decretive will of God. Decree. That's where we find the word, a decree went out. The king sits down and he says, I'm going to put down a decree. And the decree is, from now on, the tax will not be 10 cents, it will be $1. He signs on a piece of paper, that's a decree. Everybody falls under that. You can't challenge it. Because it's the king who said that. And this is the same. It's sovereign. It is the hidden will of God. It is things that will happen, and you've got no say in it. And the Lord is so wonderful to us that He reveals some of it. If you look in the book of Revelation, He reveals some of it. Yes? It is the decretive will of God. But then you find the, pre the preceptive will of God. The preceptive will of God. What does precept stand for? You find it in the book of Isaiah. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. This here reveals His will through His holy law. What is His holy law? In the Old Testament we find the law that was given to them. The law given to the nation was God's will. Precepts. He said, here is the will, I want you to live according to the will. This is my will, stamped by God. If you break this will, you break fellowship with God. Okay, so two kinds of wills here. The decretive will and the preceptive will of God. The one way we live in is this one here, the preceptive will of God. This is what Paul talks about. This is what I'm going to teach about. I'm going to give you five words. Five words here which will make you understand the will of God and then we'll pray and have some lunch. Is that okay? I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> just want to give you five words to understand the will of God. Okay? The first word is meditate. Everybody say meditate. Meditate, meditate means to discover it. To think it over. To learn it. I love it when Pastor Gary came around, he used this word from the cows when they, what is it, they, the cup, they bring up the cup or they, I love that picture because that is exactly what it is. It's like a cow who goes in and they just mow all the grass up as much as they can and it goes, I know it sounds ugly, but it goes into their stomach and it lies there. What was that? Regurgitate. Regurgitate, that's it. And they bring it up again, they chew it. This is for us. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to use that, but that's for us. This is what meditate is all about. Meditate means to discover it. You can't know the will of God if you do not discover it. And let me say it again, you can't come here on a Sunday, every Sunday, trying to find the will of God just in sermons. No, no, you need to discover it. Let's go to Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. I think this brings it home to us very clear, clearly. He says there, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, we're obviously talking about the Old Testament, okay? But we've got the Bible. He says, shall not depart from your mouth. 
But you shall meditate on it when? Day and night. Day and night. You know, so you read the word in the morning and you read it in the night. And during the day you regurgitate it. You bring it back up and you study it again. And you read it again. That you may observe to do, everybody say do, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. There's a good recipe there for you. But it starts with meditate. I'm not talking about Eastern meditation. You don't sit there and repeat a phrase over and over again. It's going to be a good day. 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 And then you walk up and as you walk out, you strip over something and you fall down and you go, what happened to the good day? That's not meditation. No, no, meditate is when we discover. How do we do that? Read it. Just open up the Bible every day. Just read it. I've had so many people who come to me and say, it's so difficult. Well, guess what then? You will not discover the will of God. And let it be known, you will be frustrated in your life. Am I talking to real people today? It is just so. I can't. I can't make it nicer for you. You need to open up the Bible every day of your life. You mean to say, preacher, every day? Yes, every day. Not only on Sundays when you preach, no, every day. Not only just two, no, no, every day. And in fact, and in fact, it says there when? Day and night. So I suggest to you, read it every day, twice a day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do it. What's keeping it from you? I'll tell you what it is. It's all this other stuff that's conforming you. Or, you know, just do this. Honestly, I, you know, just read the chapter. And maybe you don't understand. Maybe you're tired. You don't even understand. You close the Bible and you go, I can't even recall what I've read. Is that you? It's happened to me. Come on, I'm not going to stand here and be a hypocrite. I'm sometimes tired. You know, and I open up and I read a psalm, and when I close it, I go, oh, what have I just read? Is it only me? No? Is it one or two? Okay, thanks, goodness. <laughs> but read it. <clears throat> read a chapter. Read a psalm in the morning. Don't do anything. Even read a half a chapter. And go to work. You know what I used to do? Used to. I should get back to that again. Sometimes there's a scripture verse that stands out. I write it on a sp small little piece of paper. On the one side I write, you know, 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. On the other side I write the whole verse out. I put it in my pocket. Because during the day it, what is that word again? Regurgitate. You know how it regurgitate? I took it out of my pocket when I go to the toilet, yeah? And I just quickly read it over and I think about it. And I think about it, put it back. You know, in the afternoon I go for lunch. As I walk, as I walk next to the Yarra River, I take it out and I... That's what... That's, it's easy as that. But then when you come home at night and, and you've settled, let your Bible be next to your bed and open it up and read. Even if you read a quarter of a chapter... But read it. That's where it starts. You discover it in the morning and the evening. And then you observe it. You search it. You listen what it say. Listen what it say. I promise you this. Not that my promises last long, but I promise you this. That in the first you're going to read that and you're going to close it. You go, I don't get what it said. But if you keep to it, you're going to start knowing and listening to it. You need to listen to it. That's how you observe it. He says, meditate day and night so that you may observe to do it. How would you know to do things if you don't learn from it, if you don't observe it? You need to read your Bible every single day. Psalm 119, 105. He says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you read it in the morning, you will have a light and a lamp. He says in Psalm 119:11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The reason why you sin is because there's nothing in you to combat the sin. This is what we need to do. Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes that I might see the wondrous things of your law. Observe it. Observe it. 
so that you may do it. Psalm 199, how can a young man cleanse his way but by taking, taking heed according to your word? John 15, 3, you have already cleaned because of the word which I have spoken to you. Is this good? First thing you do to understand and find the will of God is you read and meditate on the word. If you don't do it, you will become miserable in your Christian walk. Because you will see others in difficult times smile and rejoice in the Lord. And you're in a difficult place and you can't be on that level. They're not special or higher than you. They study their Bibles. They live in it. They read it. So the first thing you do is you meditate on it so that you may do it. So that you may do according to it. So the first word is meditate. Everybody say meditate. meditate. We all understand what meditate is. It's that cow thing, okay? You're going to read it. You're going to read it again in the morning, at night time. I ask you, I ask you, challenge me on this. Do it for a month and come let's have a testimony service. Do it for a month. Every day. And let's hear from you in a month's time if you haven't done it before. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to read other books. Don't, you know, and it's wonderful. Um, you know, Anne has got us these nice little books from, from them where you get your little passage in the morning. And some people, put that aside. Read the Bible. Then you can go to that. But read the Bible. Get into the Bible. Get into it. Get into it. And then you will hear the Lord start speaking to you. Let me hurry on. The second word is dedicate. Everybody say dedicate. Dedicate yourself to it. That means you surrender to the Word of God. You surrender to it. Isn't this wonderful? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we've heard this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And to do, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So you need to give. This is so wonderful. If you look at these two words here, I've put it in different colors for a reason. It means that you need to sacrifice your body before you can prove the will of God. You need to sacrifice your own will before you can stand under the will of God. And that's where these words, you see there's two, twice he uses acceptable. Acceptable gives you, he says, if you give your bodies a living sacrifice, that's acceptable to God. And now he says, so that you be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And by the way, the only way that you can become renewed in your mind is when you get born again. And then you start working on it, okay? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. So you, there is no walking in the will of God if there is no sacrifice of self. That's the key. If you can't sacrifice yourself, forget about the will of God. If you can't sacrifice your own will, forget about the will of God. And you will be a frustrated Christian. You will be a frustrated Christian. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body. And the reason why I brought this scripture verse in here is when he says, present your bodies. It's everything in you. Your spirit, soul and spirit and body. You sacrifice that. The third word, investigate. First word is meditate. Second word is dedicate. We surrender to the word of God and to the will of God. And now we investigate. And the reason why we throw this in here is you look at your circumstances. You look at them. When, you, when you're in front of a, a decision that you need to make. Remember Joshua. You know, in Joshua 2 verse 1, when the, before they went into uh, the, the land, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, go and view the land, especially Jericho. Because Jericho was on the path of the will of God to be conquered. So they knew, he knew that was on the path. They knew they had God in their camp. They knew, knew that was in the, in the way of the will of God. No changes in this. God wanted Jericho. And he just didn't walk up there. You know what I hear people, we can boldly run and take on the gates of heaven. No, no. He said, let's be clear about this. Send spies out. 
Let's see what the obstacles are. Let's see what's going on there and come and bring report back to you. How do we apply it to our lives? You may sit in front of a really big decision in your life. You need to investigate. The way that I want to put it to you is you look at the pros and the cons. You put it down on a piece of paper, a balance sheet of paper. You listen. You go to brothers and sisters who's, who's, who's strong in the Word of God, not just any other counselor. You go to people who stand in the, in the, and you talk to them about the situation. Not for them to make the decision. But you hear their insight in this. But you investigate. You investigate what the Word of the Lord says about your decision. The fourth word here is initiate. Initiate. So we meditate, we dedicate, we investigate, and now we initiate. We do it. Psalm 143 verse 10, teach me to do your will. Psalm 40 verse 8, I delight to do your will. So many people know the will of God, but they don't do it. Yeah. You know, and, and it comes down to a practical example sometimes. You know, I was standing in a queue the other day at the supermarket... And I shamely testify about this today. Shamely. Because I was putting my stuff through and there was an older lady who was counting out her pennies to pay for what she had. She didn't have much. I could cover it easily. And somewhere in me something just said, pay for her. Just pay. I could do it easily. You know, it's just easy. But then there's a voice that came up in my mind and said, what if she spits up a fuss? No, 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 I don't want this. I've listened to the wrong voice and I walked away. I testify shamefully about it to you today. You see, there's a classic example of I didn't initiate. I didn't do it. Just if the Lord comes to you and, and you've, you've investigated and you've meditated on it and, and you, you, you've discovered the will of God and He says, do it, do it. Because the, the Bible says, you know, there's, there's a scripture that says that if you know to do good and you don't do it, it is like sin. And then finally, before we pray, eliminate. This is important in the will of God. Sin must be settled. <coughs> Excuse me, James 4.17, that's the scripture verse. Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's a sin. You eliminate sin in your life. To summarize it in three words. We learn the will of God, that's meditate. We love the will of God, that's dedicate. And we live the will of God, that's initiate. You like that? It's easy. It's easy to remember. But that's all it is. It's easy to remember until you do it. You live it. So this week, I challenge, I challenge somebody in this place for this whole month, from today. Tomorrow is the 1st of August. Really easy to do. From tonight. For a whole month, read your Bible twice a day and come tell me in a month's time what's happened in your life. So brothers and sisters, I finish with Paul's words. See that you work, walk circumspectly and understand what the will of the Lord is. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. Father, it is such a serious word. It's such a truthful word. And the Bible is like a sharp-edged sword, Father. It cuts both ways and it even if I'm the preacher today, Father, I can surely say, Lord, you've spoken to my heart again. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to abide and obey your word in Jesus' name.